It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now pushing the limits, here's Brian Shapiro. It's a Friday and it is PTL Vegas coming away live, pushing the limits. Chris Wynn is in for Brian Shapiro's. We get you set for your weekend Everything when it comes to politics, current events, sports, and entertainment. This show covers it across the board. Brian Shapiro, he is being a golf super fan. Numchuck and Nicole, he is out on the course here in Las Vegas as we are in the midst of uh, all kinds of stuff sports-wise here in town. But it is the uh, PGA Tour is here in Las Vegas as the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open is on display over at uh, the TPC Summerlin here in town. I will be out there this weekend covering that as well, too. But Brian, Brian's a super fan, all right? Not just a super fan, the guy can golf. I mean, he's that, uh, we talked about this yesterday with Mo, and uh, he's a guy out there that can uh, that can swing the clubs a little bit. And so he's out there, uh, and he's also someone who uh, likes to uh, put a bet down every now and then, Nicole and Numchuck, when it comes to uh, actually putting some, putting a little wager on the golf action, so there's no question that uh, he'll be out there doing that this weekend. So Brian will be back on Monday. I'm, once again, I said I'm Chris Wynn, uh, co-hosting with the beautiful, talented. She is a former pastor. She is an now an OnlyFans model. She is a uh, adult entertainer as well as just an all-around businesswoman and a beacon of positivity. That is Nicole Mitchell joining us here on the show on Fridays. Nicole. Great to see you. Great to have you. How are you? I am so good. I am so excited we get to do another segment together. Absolutely. Uh, not just segment. We're going to do a whole show. We're going to do this up big time, right? We're going to, yes! we're going to, we have, uh, we have uh, a number of, uh, a plethora is what I'll use of topics that we can get into and uh, talk about. Uh, obviously, I'll, I'll try to mix in uh, some of the news of the day because uh, we need to be focused on it. It is important. Yeah. Uh, uh, what is going on around the world, particularly, of course, in Israel and in the Middle East, as uh, that's a, a very difficult and uh, tragic situation that is transpiring there as well, too. But uh, also a number of uh, lighthearted topics with you, Nicole, as well, that I want to bounce off of you and get kind of your opinion on. But uh Nicole, you uh, obviously are, are going to be a fixture on this show on Fridays, and it's a great thing for us here at uh, PTL Nation. And Numchuck, uh, look, this woman brings all kind of things to the table, right? She is uh, talented beyond all get out. Just no movie knowledge, right? But oh, exactly. So, and and you know what? You know what, Nicole? We know it's hilarious about this, and uh, and we like your phone calls too, by the way, and your interaction. I'm all over the YouTube feed at PTL Vegas. You can find us uh, on the phone at seven zero two 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 one seven two eight three. But Nicole, Nicole, to Numchuck's point, right? And I guess we can start off with this. So you talked about this on the show with Brian numerous times, like you. And uh, I kind of have something in common with you on this because uh, me growing up in Michigan, I had I had very strict parents, right? And so I was at times sheltered from a lot of things that other children and other young adults weren't exposed to. And you have some of those same experiences, right? When it comes to the uh, the pulp, the pop culture, whether it be music, 
or television or entertainment, right? Yep, exactly. We have a, we always have things in common then. Yes, we do. And so we you know talking about pop culture, right? Numchuck. Obviously, the first thing that comes to mind for me and you when we think about this is movies, right? And Nicole's around the same age as you and and Shapiro, you know, floating around, you know. Early early forties. Nicole's younger than that. I'm, I'm I'm convinced. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. She's twenty. I, I, I hate talking right. to women, Nicole. I hate talking to women about age. But she's she's a, a little bit younger than you guys. All right. So <laughs> your wheelhouse for when it comes to movies and music and stuff like that, I expect is in the nineties, right? That's where you started to get your kind of exposure, right? It was the nineties, maybe late eighties, right? Am I, I'm I'm correct on that, right? Am I Nicole? Cor- correct. The very few that I saw. Correct. Yes. So. Obviously, that was a time period where there were some, you know, very instrumental, uh, impactful films that were out there. The likes of, you know, The Goodfellas, The Casinos, the, uh, you know, uh, the, a lot of the, uh, movies, uh, that featured, uh, Tom Hanks, like, like Forrest Gump and, uh, Apollo 13, all those kind of things. So I, I, I'm not going out on a limb right here, Nicole, is saying that a lot of these you're probably not going to be familiar with, right? Correct. Yeah. I'm like, nope, nope. I've seen Forrest Gump. I don't know if I've seen <laughs> Apollo 13. I definitely haven't seen the rest that you just said. Yeah. So there, there was, uh, and that it's not just the nineties and the eighties. Obviously there were big time. There was, there was big time, uh, media as well too on that front. But, uh, we live here in Las Vegas, right? So. I tend to like kind of gravitate to the movies that that are either filmed in Las Vegas, based about Las Vegas. Now that I've been here for, even though I'm a Michigan native and I've lived every, everywhere from Massachusetts to to Florida, I spent you know al- almost ten years in Orlando, Florida before I came out here to Vegas. Yeah. Um, we have kind of a different perspective here in Las Vegas, given that we kind of want to think that the world revolves around us nicole i'm sorry we just do we think we think the you're world in vegas. kind of does we, we it, but it kind of does right now it right like like you're someone I, uh and look i don't know exactly where it is that you grew up but i know you didn't grow up where you're living now right like you, you right. did not grow up where you're living now and you're someone who uh especially very recently because of your lifestyle change is the way i'll put it right i mean it's fair to say right the, and, totally. and uh your 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 life period Right. Uh, now you're living in Southern California. So you had some obvious, obviously some exposure to Las Vegas. But there is kind of this arrogance. I'm going to say I'm going to say, Nicole, there's kind of this arrogance that we have as Las Vegans that everything kind of comes back to this town. Am I wrong about that? <laughs> I think it does. I, I was taught to fear Vegas. Mm-hmm. I was called, you know, it's the city of sin. It's where horrible things happen. I avoided it my entire life until just a few years ago. I went for the first time three years ago. I came to Vegas for the first time, mm-hmm. was nervous. And every time I come back, I love it more. There is something magical to the city. And it's a combination of things too, right? We we mm-hmm. talk a lot of sports. Me and Brian, when I host a show with Brian on Mondays, and there is a theme at usually the second hour of every show that Brian does here on PTL, which is focused on sports, right? So we tend to talk a lot about the sports angle of it, but just from an entertainment standpoint, when it comes to uh, live entertainment, right? You can think about other places around the country, uh, again, and uh, and uh, I apologize if I'm kind of like going off base here a little bit, but I'm I'm gonna I'm going to make a point eventually. Uh, <laughs> there, when it. you go around the country, there's certain spots, whether it's Austin, Texas, whether it's New Orleans, 
uh, you know, some of the larger cities, obviously, in New York and Boston and, and San Francisco and Los Angeles, where live entertainment's a big thing, right? It is the thing here. Like, that's, I mean, it's when you talk about uh, an opportunity to see your favorite singer, right? Or your favorite yeah. band or your favorite comedian or, you know, just uh, just an entertainer in particular. Uh, because of the proximity to Los Angeles, uh, the people that come here from from uh, show business that come into town just to hang out, right? You're like, uh, again, another thing that's different about me growing up in Michigan and spending time in high school and college in Massachusetts and then moving to Florida, you did not have that dynamic that I've had in Vegas for the last 20 years, especially working in the media and particularly sports media for me, where uh, you're here and on any given day, Nicole, say, you know, Friday, October 13th in 2023, I could be here and I could walk out and uh, end up hanging out with Will Smith, right? Or hanging out with uh, Chris Rock or hanging out with Tom Brady or hang, you know, you know what I mean? Or I could be, uh, you know, I could be a spicy ginger like Brian Shapiro and get all dressed up fancy and do a little courtside action at the uh, Aces game and, and go and sit courtside with Vivica A. Fox at a WNBA Ow! finals game like our guy B. Shap was doing on Wednesday. That's right. The point being is that that's what makes Vegas unique, in my opinion, is, is uh, one of the things that makes it unique is that uh, you do have the ability to have access to that type of experience that you necessarily wouldn't have, like myself growing up in Lansing, Michigan, or being in Springfield, Massachusetts, or being in Orlando, Florida, uh, or being anywhere else in the country. Absolutely. Like, each time I've come, when I'm just, like, walking, I've been to Fremont Street twice, Mm -hmm. just random. Random time, random night, there's always live music. Switchfoot was there one time. Some other big band was there another time. I'm like, how is this just, like... Always. There's always entertainment. There's always concert. There's always celebrities. There's always a show. There's always something happening. There's so much you can do, which is why I keep coming back because there's just so much more I haven't done and seen yet. And one of those things that you haven't done and seen yet, I would expect, Nicole, when you do come back here, is Mm -hmm. the Sphere, right? They just opened the Sphere last week. It is obviously an entertainment venue here in town, uh, about uh, 17, 18,000 plus. I don't think, Numchuck, you've had a chance to... uh, to check Not out yet. the sphere. I, Nicole, in my other job, I've worked in the restaurant industry for 30 years. My other job uh, during the week, I work at the Palazzo Hotel in a restaurant there, which is right next to the sphere. And oh. it is bonkers crazy right now because there's a basically a mini residency of you 2 that's going to be there. But this venue, Nicole, is state of the art, unbelievable when it comes to, again, I keep going back to this, you know, uniqueness about Vegas. This venue, there's nothing like it around the country. There just isn't. Um, you know, you have a, a kind of a rotating type of uh, setup there where they can still fit up to, you know, up to 18, 17, 18,000 people in this building, but it just doesn't seem like it. There's the audio visual effects that are used yeah. in there that just have not been used in any other venue. And no. uh, just to get the opportunity to go see who, whoever Nicole Mitchell's favorite acts are, whoever Chris Wynn or, or Justin Chuck or any of PTL Nation out there, any, any, entertainer that you want to see that you're going to get a chance to see there it's going to be a unique experience uh it's going to ruin all other concerts because like when you have that kind of experience and it's so like all your senses and everywhere you look you experience it i saw some video clips my friends just went to a concert Mm -hmm. and they're just showing like you're it is so stimulating i'm like how can you go back to a regular concert after this it looks absolutely mind-blowing yeah there's and 
you know, you two obviously one of the biggest bands in the world, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, even even it, it doesn't matter just because the experience is going to be is is so fascinating and outstanding. It it, it could just it can just be your your run of the mill, you know, in house studio band. And it would still be a great experience yeah. if to go It'd see them there. So uh, that's yes. that's one more element. Uh, we talked a little bit yesterday about some of the the new uh, the venue the venues I'll call them here in town that are going to be eventually be built. The, uh, the there's a uh, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when the NBA mm-hmm. franchise comes here. We have bas- professional NBA basketball here in town. There's going to be a brand new arena for that, so that'll just add wow. more, more more pizzazz here to Las Vegas. Um, and I guess so, the segment's turning into a you know a, a Las a, a Las Vegas uh, you know promotional promotional segment. <laughs> But, but come to Vegas, everyone. Yeah, but but Vegas. seriously, I mean, it is uh, it is a great time to be here, and uh, that time, of course, is 2023, right? It is just a different mm-hmm. time than it was. Even, I mean, Nicole, I moved here in 2003, and the wow. difference in this, yeah, 2003. So you're talking about 20, 20 years, years, right? Where there has been an absolute, utter, unbelievable transformation in this town mm-hmm. from from all kinds of perspectives and. Uh, you you can talk about it from a business standpoint as well too. From you know from real estate to to uh, living to neighborhoods here in town where you 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 just quite frankly did not have neighborhoods here, Nicole. You didn't have like certain subdivisions uh-huh. or or parts of the city that actually had homes or communities wow. at all. And that that is uh, again, it's kind of extraordinary and. Uh, and that's that's something that's also coming to fruition here. We look, uh, it is a it is a town that a lot of people are flocking to. All right, and, and it's kind of been Chris, it's kind of been that way for a while. I would love to hear since you've been there for twenty years. Yeah. What's one thing you miss from twenty years ago about Vegas, and what's one thing you love that has changed about Vegas? So uh, the one thing I miss is so I'm someone who does engage in the local opportunities, is the way I'll put it. Nicole and I'm got sure. it. I'm picking up uh, and I'm not trying down. to get I'm not trying to get I'm not trying to get X-rated here by any stretch of the imagination. When I talk about activities, I'm talking about entertainment, I'm talking about gambling, I'm talking about going out, having a cocktail, right? I'm talking about having a good time and enjoying uh the fruits of Las Vegas. All right. Yeah, sometimes I get a little crazy and sometimes I go out and do some other stuff, but I don't need to talk about that on the air. Point being is this what I miss, Nicole, about Las Vegas in 2003 that necessarily isn't the same now. It still exists, but it's not the same. And again, in the movie Casino, they kind of address this. I miss the uh, the closeness and the hospitality is the way I'll put it, mm-hmm. of the gaming industry. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean the you know casino host used to know your name. Casino host used to know oh, what you wow. drink. Casino host used to know uh, on a on a beck and call what you needed. And I'm not talking about like you need to be a servant. I'm talking about you know just in general hospitality, right? Yeah. The knowledge, the the mm. sense of family in a way that you had here in Vegas uh, back in back in 2003. That's it started to fade incredible. a little bit, Nicole. To be honest, in like around around the mid early to mid 2000s, it kind of there's a sense that it faded away a little bit, and then it really kicked into high gear around 2015 ish, where it got even more and more corporate, and uh, you started to see things like 
paid parking now, right? Where you didn't have that before. Uh, things that it, it gives the impression that we're going to even go more business here in Vegas, right? Like it's going to be more about the business, more about the dollar, more about making money, right? As opposed to, hey, we want you to come here and have an experience of a lifetime. If you're a gambler, obviously, if you're a gambler, they want you coming to have a good time and to spend money, right? And maybe lose money, maybe win money, but maybe lose money, but still have a good time doing it. And so that's, I was kind of long-winded about it, but that's what I kind of miss about Las Vegas. That that yeah. that that used to be there really used to be still an element of that back in two thousand in the early two thousands when I first wow. moved here that I don't necessarily feel now that it feels more like again another line from Casino it feels like in a lot of the venue or a lot of the uh, gaming properties you come in in Las Vegas there is an airport feel to it you know what I mean wow. mm-hmm. there seems to be an airport feel that that shouldn't be here it should be more of a of a receptive comfortable type atmosphere. Miss Miss Nicole Mitchell that we did That's, that we did not have before. I like I wish I could go back in time and see this and mm-hmm. experience this because that sounds incredible. To like know people to know your name, know what you drink, they're familiar with you, they greet you, they welcome you. You're not just the ma- one of the masses. Like you're Chris or you're Nicole or you're Justin or you're right. Ryan. Like mm-hmm. that's extraordinary. Okay, so then what's one thing you love that has changed about Vegas? Good question. Um I think about it and uh, look, it, it kind of coincides with just society as a whole in mm. that we've had uh, much more explored. And this is kind of one of the topics we're going to kind of get into. And it, it, Nicole is very professional, Numchuck, because she is monstering, monstrously successful at having a transition here to the next topic that we're going to get <laughs> into. So, Nicole, we're going to get into Gen Z, right? We're going to get into this time and place. We're going to get into modern technology and other aspects of society that have changed mm-hmm. and a lot for the good, maybe some for the bad. Right. So to your point or to your question, I should say what I love about 2023 Las Vegas is the convenience of all things. Again, I'm somebody who's a sports better. I'm somebody who's a gamer. I'm somebody uh, not, not a gamer as far as like video games, but like a gambler, right? And so having the ability to just jump on my cell phone and instead of mm. waiting in line at the sports book is a major thing for me, right? I don't have to. I can, I can roll out of bed on a Sunday morning bright and early at 10.30 a.m. I, I know pa- parents like Nicole. <laughs> and parents like Nicole. No, but you're a mother, though, so it's probably harder sometimes to do that. But you probably do do that. But like... Rolling out of bed at, at, the, at the crack of dawn at 10.30 a.m. People are laughing out there. And being able to jump on my phone and actually put in a sports bet instead of having Nicole to roll down to the local local casino, stand in line to put in my sports bet, you know. Wow. Uh, things That's like that, right? Change. When I want to buy a ticket to a concert, when I want to go, you know, go to go to see one of my favorite comedians, stand-up comedians. I don't have to, I don't have to go to some venue to, to to purchase that. It can all be done through my phone. The convenience of how and that this again, this isn't just a Vegas thing. This happens this is all over the country and all over the world, quite frankly, where you just have uh, the ability for the, with the touch of a finger to get things done. So, uh and and that's that is uh big time important in this town because of uh again, as I pointed out, all the all the all the uh stuff that I like to do here in town. 
that would re- that normally would require so much more extra effort. You just don't need that. So that's probably yep. the one thing. But uh, it leads into to what we we're talking about. What uh, to the the list of topics that I sent to Nicole today that I wanted to bounce around a little bit. I loved it. So now you're a mother, right? Be, beyond being a businesswoman and being being an OnlyFans model and 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 being somebody that is uh, a life coach along those lines, you're a mother, right? So you have young children. Yeah. I do not, but I have nieces and nephews that I deeply love and I care about, and I pay attention to their lives, and and I pay attention to to the world that they are growing up in, right? And uh, what they are exposed to. And this topic comes up a lot, Nicole, in the nature of talk radio, which we do, and also just in the uh, the daily water cooler discussions that people have in the business world or beyond. And that is this generation, Nicole, the generation your young kids are growing up in, they catch some flack, right? Yes, they have exposure to the greatest technology in human history, without a doubt. And all those things I just talked about two minutes ago, the uh, young people uh, around the world and here in the United States are exposed to and get a chance to have. Uh, but there's also the, the flip side of this that I think is foreign to yourself, even though you are a little bit younger than me, you're still, uh, you know, you're, you're floating right around, uh, you know, uh, uh, gen- uh, you know, the millennial, millennial slash generation X. So I think you know what direction I'm going with me, with on this. Uh, there's, there's still a view from us and the baby boomers as well that the kids of today, when I say kids of today, I'm talking about people that are under 30, right? And younger, <laughs> that they have this, uh, some oversensitivities is the way I'll put it in certain things in life, right? Whether it's allergies, you know, whether it's when it, when it comes to uh, types of achievement, right? There's this whole, th- this whole mantra brought up about participation trophies, right? In sports, like, oh yeah, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. It just matters that you showed up and you, you actually participated. You were there. Everybody gets some kind of recognition. Uh, you know, when it comes to, when the way we were raised, and I'll talk specifically about myself, right? I, t- I told you I was raised by strict parents, parents that were like, "Hey, you got to finish everything that you that I put on your plate. You you know you have to be respectful, respect for your elders. Uh, just a certain way of being brought up, just different than it used to be." So, like, do you do you feel there is that there is that element out there, uh, and it is it is something that notice that is noticeable to you that this generation is kind of soft. There has been a massive change mm-hmm. in generational culture from our parents to even you and me to people who are under the 30s to my children. Massive culture shift. And I actually think a lot of it is good, yeah. right? I think it's so great that like we care about the emotional well-being as well as not just the physical well-being. I love that we value participation as much as we value trying to win and achieve. We value um, teamwork as much as we value the individual. Like I think there's a lot of good cultural change um, and anything can be taken too far. Right. And so like learning to teach our kids, even for my kids, when they participate and they lose, there's a lot of tears and there's a lot of upset feelings and they want a trophy. And we have to talk about how a, the fact that you showed up and you were part of a team and you worked hard, like that's amazing. And I'll award them. We'll go out for a treat at McDonald's. Yeah. But if they don't get a trophy and they they have a tantrum, I actually want to talk them through that so they learn how to navigate loss, how they can navigate not being recognized. These are all soft skills we have to learn as adults anyway. 
So yeah, I think, I think it's actually been really good, but it can go to extreme where it's like we overcompensate and we over, oh, we overdo it. And then we now have to then backpedal and try to fix things. Yeah. My generation, they, they use this, this term latchkey kid from our generation in which, you know, because, uh, it was really the, uh, the beginning of, uh, well, it was coming out of the women's lib movement, right? So a lot of women were in the workplace, a lot more women were in the workplace. So therefore, uh, you had, you had a lot of situations and that was a situation with me as, as a product of someone who, who had, uh, parents who divorced when I was young. Uh, and, and I had multiple stepdads and, and, uh, and two stepfathers, right? Uh, where you had, uh, the adults that were out of the house for long periods of time. So the kids basically, you know, had a key to the house where they would come home from school. And you would not have adult supervision there. So there was yeah. kind of an essence, right? A feeling of, oh, you have to take responsibility for yourself, right? It's not just, uh, you can't just rely on your parents to protect you all the time. That kind of thing. Yeah. And that, that isn't necessarily, uh, you know, a major factor now. Yeah, it does exist. Absolutely. It still exists to, to an extent. Mm -hmm. But you don't, you don't, it's not as noticeable. It's not as pronounced as it was back then. You just don't have that, right? It's different because now they don't have keys. They have cell phones. Right. Right. And so like now they're independent in a completely different way. We're like, because we can access our kids at any time, mm -hmm. they're able to go and do things that I think when I was a kid, I wouldn't have been allowed to do because there was no way to get a hold of me. But at the same time, I think because we kids can get so sucked in technology, they lose some of the practical skills of being able to physically take care of themselves in their home. I get concerned, for example, when my children are home for a few hours without me, they don't eat or drink mm -hmm. or they eat really crappy food and eat really bad drinks because I'm not there. But that probably is the same truth for latchkey kids back then. Like you just scrounged and survived and scrapped it together. So maybe there's more things in common, but it is definitely different than how we were raised. I make a mean ground beef and mac and cheese. Let's put it that way. Hey. When, you, when you toss me in the, <laughs> when you toss me in the kitchen when I was a teenager, <laughs> but going back to that look, and, and it's interesting you bring that up because uh, yeah, like the, the Speaking of whether or not it's a detriment, right, Nicole? Mm -hmm. uh, and I brought up the food thing, right? So my uh, my parents were very strict when it came to things like, hey, you got, and I just I pointed out how you eat everything on your plate. I was I was uh, I mean I guess you can use the word forced. I was forced to eat things like liver, right, and eggplant, things that I despise, right? No, I had no interest whatsoever in eating. Yet I have a story, Nicole, where um, uh, about three weeks ago, I had a, a close friend of mine in town with my with my uh, my 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 pseudo nieces and nephews. We're not related, but but I, they're, I, they call me their uncle and I call them my nieces and nephews. Right. Uh, kids who are close to 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 very, very, very close friends that I've had lifelong friends. Mm -hmm. Right. And one of their uh, one of my one of my nephews is extremely, extremely selective and picky when it comes to his food. And it's hilarious because I, so I, so I was kind of, uh, ribbing my friend Greg, uh, because, because th that's just kind of the way it is now with some parents. Like they, they just yeah. allow it, right? They're just like, Hey, yeah, uh, you know, or it's, I, I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but it's it just, it's just kind of the way it is with some mm -hmm. kids out there today where it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm not eating. And, and I get a feeling, Nicole, that there just isn't that sense of respect for, your elders or parents or aunts or uncles. I think that kind of has waned in, in this generation. D do you think that I'm wrong on that when it comes to that kind of respect factor that those people get? You know, you know what's so interesting is like, 
there's been the swing from like this authoritarian, you just do what you're told and you don't get a question. And that's how you were raised. That's how I was raised. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I had a say or I had a voice or I had an opinion until I was much older. I want to raise my kids in a home where they do have a say and they have a voice and opinion that matters. But where do you find that fine line? Because it's very easy for them to be like, no, I'm not eating that. I don't care if you cooked an hour and I don't care if that's healthy. I'm going to go eat Cheetos and, and Diet Coke. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And so I think we're yeah. trying to find this middle ground of how do we honor the autonomy of our babies and their opinion mm -hmm. while also, like you said, raising them with respect of like, I'm willing to work with you, but you don't get to override me and like walk out of the kitchen because you don't like what I served you. And so I think it's like navigating the soft skills and the hard skills of like, I value you. Let's have a dialogue you're still going to sit down and eat some of what I ate. Maybe I don't make you clear the whole plate, but you have to try everything on your plate. Yeah. And so I think there's, we're trying to, we're in this weird spot of like shifting away from a very authoritative environment, but it's very easy to swing the other, which is a helicopter parent where you're like always worried and you don't want to offend them and you don't want to override their emotions. And like, so then you give in to them more often than you should. And then it creates this weird, unhealthy in exchange or relationship and it's tricky and it's messy. And as a mom trying to figure out in real time, I feel like I still haven't quite nailed it. Nicole Mitchell joining me, Chris Wynn. We are co-hosting today for Brian Shapiro on a Friday here. Uh, we'll take our first break. We'll come right back, Nicole. And uh, we got some much more. more uh, this is a fascinating conversation. Juicy topics across the board. And this will continue. Also, your phone calls are definitely appreciated. Uh, we want to get your takes, your, your opinions, your views. Here on PTL Vegas, 702-221-7283 is the phone number. Hit us up also on the YouTube feed at PTL Vegas. Uh, you can also find me at Christian Wynn on X, formerly Twitter. You can find Nicole Mitchell all over social media as well, too, on X, as well as Instagram, across the board. And uh, you can chime in with your opinions with us as well, too. We continue PTL Vegas on a Friday right after this. Buddy, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? When you can be a hero, Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. 
Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Locally owned and operated, come on down to Academy of Hair Design located at 5191 West Charleston Boulevard, number 150 today to begin your career in cosmetology. There is something for everyone from cosmetology to nanotechnology. You will be able to have the hands-on training that is needed to succeed in this career field. Call 702-878-1185 or visit www.ahdvegas.com today. The London Bridge Resort in Lake Havasu is the perfect place to vacation in style. Their beautifully designed suites include stunning views, a kitchenette, and free Wi-Fi. The well-reviewed and affordable resort has tons of amenities, including a breakfast buffet, kids' camp, a nine-hole golf course, three pools, a marina, boat tours, a water slide, and a great nightlife scene. London Bridge Resort is centrally located in Lake Havasu City, Arizona. Go to LondonBridgeResort.com to plan your getaway today. London Bridge Resort, your Arizona oasis destination. Push and Limits coming live on a Friday here on KSHP, the airwaves of AM 1400, 107.1 FM. You can find us all over the World Wide Web as well, too. Uh, pretty sure on YouTube uh, with the channel there, you get to see our uh, smiling, beautiful faces. I'm Chris Wynn, in for Brian Shapiro, along with Nicole Mitchell, joining us here, co-hosting uh, on her regular Friday hit. Uh, she is a life coach. She is a businesswoman. She is an OnlyFans model. And she's a former pastor. So she covers a lot of the spectrum, folks, when it comes <laughs> sure to do. to human existence is the way I'll put it. Right, Nicole? Uh, you're, I you're love someone, that. You've had, you've had an opportunity to, to uh, dip your toes into another a number of different aspects, right? Oh, my gosh. There is not enough time in one lifetime to do all the things. I need multiple lives, Chris. Multiple lives. One of those things that, that gets discussed a lot, right? When you do your, your hits on video, you know, on social media, very popular, you know, uh, someone who is, as I pointed out, is kind of a, a beacon of positivity, which I love. Uh, someone who uh, has a outlook on life that is unique and that, uh, you, you, uh, uh, are very, uh, focused on is what I will say here. And one of those, one of those aspects really is, is self-expression. You talk about this a lot, right, Nicole? And so I was kind of contemplating this last night as I was doing show prep for the show. 
being the professional that I am, now I'm Chuck, you know, I do That's have right. uh, an opportunity to kind of, you know, dive into these topics that I'm going to be discussing. And I asked myself the question, Nicole, I said, you know, self-expression, it's a term, uh, May, may be a little obscure for some people, right? They don't necessarily take a deep dive into what exactly that means or if it's important in their lives or it's a, something that they, they need to address, right? So uh, I pose it to you. I ask you the question, uh, what does that mean as far as self-expression to you? And is it something that is is necessarily should be imperative for everybody, right? Does everybody need to be self-aware of their ability to uh, to have that trait, right? And to and to kind of address it. I love that question, Chris. I think everyone has the ability to self-express. Mm-hmm. I think everyone has the right to be self-expressed. And I don't think everyone will be self-expressed. And for me, what self-expression means, it literally means right to express yourself, to like never feel like you have to hide or hold back who you really are. Right. Now there is a refinement to self-expression. It's easy like, oh, I can just say whatever I want, do whatever I want. I don't care about anyone or anything. Like that's the extreme. But I think to a really empowered person who self-expressed is thoughtful, is intentional, is refined in their speech. Like they're not just like throwing stuff out there just to throw stuff out there. They're being very intentional about the words they say, the way they say it, why they dress the way they dress. Like there's thought and there's intention and there's energy behind their self-expression. And I think Self-expression can get a bad rap because it it seems like a free-for-all. Say, do whatever the F you want and don't care how it impacts others. I care very deeply how it impacts others, which is why, as you've noticed on my social media, I'm very positive right. because there is a lot of negativity. There is a lot of cruelty. People use their freedom of self-expression to harm other people. And I want to use the freedom of my self-expression to help, to heal, to inspire, to uplift because I, I see how inundated we are with bad news, hard events crises. So if I can be one beacon of light in your day, I would be honored to use my self-expression in that way. Yeah. I think of the concept of self-expression, just myself as an everyman, right? As somebody who's, uh, think of myself pretty much as just, you know, a normal guy. I think of self-expression. I think about, uh, how I portray myself to the world, basically, right? How I, uh, I, 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 uh, output my, 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 uh, my thoughts, my ideas, my visions, my my processing of the world, for lack of a better term, right? The way that I perceive society, the way that I look at things, I mean, that that kind of, to me, is how I internalize it, or how I would describe it, right? I think of myself as somebody who's boisterous, who's loud at times. Numchuck would absolutely concur on that, right? Somebody that yes, at yes, times can yes. be like over the top, right? Out of, out of, like out of control sometimes, right? Um, so that's way you could, one way you could put it, right? Um, but another part of my question too to you, Nicole, is like, some, there's a lot of people in this world I don't think necessarily pay a whole lot of attention to that aspect of their personality and they're still successful, right? Like they can still, I still think there's people out there in this world, right? That can succeed at business, succeed in entertainment, succeed in the media, you know, succeed in whatever they want to do, whether succeed as a parent or in society. And, and not necessarily be that uh, that outwardly right about it, or not 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 necessarily uh, have. I mean, a way you can describe it is have all their business in the street. I guess is the way I'll kind of describe it for the young kids these days. They talk about that having your business in the street. Like people can do that, uh, not not be out there, 
You not not have all your feelings out there, your thoughts out there, expressions out there. Not not wear your heart on your sleeve. I guess is another way I'll put it. Oh, right, totally. and still be successful people, productive yeah. people in society. That's kind uh, of what I was thinking about when I when I, when absolutely. I was was going over in my mind the concept of self expression for for us. I would out say there. the vast majority of successful people aren't fully expressed, right? Because I think for at least in America, success is often through traditional paths. You go to a good college, you get a good job, you work really hard, you rise up, like you fall in line Mm -hmm. and you fall in line with the culture of the office. You fall in line with the the culture of the politics of the place that you live in. You fall in line with the dress code. Like you do what you have to do to rise up. And it's very, it's very straightforward in that sense. But a lot of people also feel suffocated or they feel silenced or they feel unable to be themselves for fear of repercussions in the workplace. And so that's where whole people will come to work with me, not people who are happy not being self-expressed and being successful. They're good there. I don't, I don't need to ruffle their feathers. I don't need to rock their boat. If you're good, you're good. It's for those who are like, there's gotta be something more. I feel like I can't speak up. I feel like I can't be me for fear of the consequences it'll bring upon me. And so then what I do as a life coach, I actually teach them how to monetize their self-expression. So if you decide to start something on the side of your job, we can make money. Or if you want to leave your job and start a business or an endeavor where you can be fully expressed and make a lot of money, that is very, very possible and very lucrative. But that takes a lot of courage and less people than more will take that leap. Yeah, less people will, right? Like a lot of people don't want to go outside their shell, right? They do not yeah, want to terrifying. go outside their norms in any way, shape, or form when that come, when it comes to that. 702-221-7283. <clears throat> Nicole, I don't know if you can hear the phone calls. Can't you hear them uh, when they come in? But we have we have people on the lines. We have uh, JD on the phone lines here. JD, what's going on? Thanks for calling in on Friday. How are you? Well, I was pretty good until I turned into this very vapid show. You two guys are offering nothing. That is stimulating or challenging. We're, I mean, we're talking, wait, time out, about time out. What do you mean offering nothing? No, okay, so JD, look, I know you want to turn this into kind of a negative thing, um, and I understand that you like to call into the show, whether it was uh, the show that Brian and I used to do or the show that we're doing now, and you have like you want to do your like instant critique of the show, or you want us to talk about topics that you want us to talk about. But uh, have you absorbed anything that we've talked about in the last hour? Because there's absolutely been some substance that we've offered that would be beneficial to you, regardless of uh, of what uh, background you have or where you're coming from. Yet, have you well, absorbed anything? Be, I, yeah, I've, you were born in Michigan. You lived in Massachusetts. Uh, you lived in Orlando. Uh, I think you said she's a former pastor. Uh, I don't know what she is now. Did you say she's a sex entertainer? Okay, so so apparently you did. So Numchuck, apparently JD hasn't. Uh, JD, have a great weekend. We got to let you go. I, I mean, I, look, this is not going to be a productive phone call, Nicole, when we have somebody call in and their first premise is that we haven't offered anything in the first 45 minutes. And then he starts bringing up a couple of things that I said as if that's the entire conversation we've had for the last 45 minutes, right? And then I have a uh, question for JD. I'm like, does he have a radio show? Because it sounds like uh, he, he's well, he, well, he, well, he, well, he, well, look, here's the background on it, Nicole. JD's a long time call, a long time caller, long time listener of the show. Uh, we've gotten into it from a political standpoint. Not not just me, Brian especially has gotten into it from a political standpoint. Um, he, he's a uh, he's a right winger. He's a Republican. Uh, which there, look, there's no problem with that. 
But uh, I do have a problem when somebody calls into the show and their first point that they're trying to make is that we're not making any points at all that mean anything and saying that the last 45 minutes of our discussion is based on, well, because I said I was from Michigan and because I pointed out some details to give you some context because you are co-hosting the show with me today. Mm -hmm. And I was giving some background and he's acting like that's all that we had to offer was me throwing out a couple of, uh, to him, meaningless facts, which is not actually accurate True. in the I conversation. For JD, I have a tip for JD and anyone like him. Yes. If you if you have a critique of the show, which is totally fine, and yeah. you call in, instead of critiquing, ask the question that you want us to answer. Like, I, what is the topic you want to talk about? Introduce it to us. Well, here's the thing, too, JD, and I'll speak to him directly here on the air. JD, I'm filling in for Brian Shapiro. This is Brian Shapiro's show, okay? Uh, and it's Brian Shapiro and Nicole Mitchell's show on Fridays when Nicole is on, right? So I'm jumping on here. This is not my regular gig. It's not like this is something that we do every day. So it's a little bit different. So suck it up, JD. Okay. If you don't are, are not interested in the topics that we are discussing, which right now we are discussing the, the concept of self-expression, right? In the context of being a human being, which JD, you are, you are a human being. Okay. And if these, if these topics are not fascinating to you, the well, you know what? Hey, I'm sorry. All right. I'm in here filling in on the show for the last couple couple days. Yesterday I talked more politics, Nicole, because you're here. And look, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how much politics you want to talk, but we'll get we'll get we'll obviously talk about what's happening over in Israel at yeah. the top of the hour. And because I want to get some of your perspective on this. But but you know, JD has done this numerous times, Nicole, and we spent and by the way, we spent five more minutes that I wanted to spend talking about uh, our caller uh, on the show, <laughs> discussing uh his grievances he has with the show. But he's constantly calling in, whether it, especially when it's Brian, because Brian's mostly hosting the show, and giving his critique and opinion on how we should do the show and what should, we should talk about and who we should say what about and all this kind of stuff. And it's kind of tired and it's kind of weak. I'll just, I'll just kind of end with that, Nicole, because he, he busted our, Nicole, he busted our swerve, okay, on the discussion. We're having a he positive discussion and JD wanted to, call, wanted to come in and start bitching and moaning about what, what, we're, what we are talking about. And so we're talking about the concept of self-expression. Yes, I think it is an aspect that's important in people's lives. And it can be absolutely, Nicole, beneficial to the success yep. of people, of Americans across the board and people around the world. Yep. Am I right on that? I agree. Am there I crazy people, on that? Yeah. There are people silently drowning because they're not self-expressed. Like right. people don't realize like the the impact it has on your mental health, the impact it has on your relationships, the impact it has on your quality of life. This is literally why people will work with me. It's like they on the outside, they have the veneer of success. They have the job, they have the spouse, they have the kids, they have the home. And they're miserable because they feel unseen, unheard, unknown. No right. job, no amount of success can feel that. And we even see that in celebrities. When we see a celebrity like Hannah Montana, for example, swing way over to Miley Cyrus, she was successful in every way, and yet there was something in her craving to be a completely different person than we have pegged her to be. Right. And so, like, we see high-up people, we see people behind the scenes where self-expression directly impacts your quality of life. Mm -hmm. So it can seem fluffy, but it's quite substantial, and it is so impactful on how someone feels about themselves and experiences their life. Nicole Mitchell, Chris Wynn, we are hosting live PTL, Pushing the Limits here in Las Vegas, 702-221-7283. Okay, Nicole, we're going to try this again. Okay, let's go to the phone lines. Al joins us here on the show. Al, what's going on on your Friday? We appreciate hey, your hey, call. How much, are you? Man. Hey, thanks, thanks for taking my call. We got two really good guests today. 
I'm going to make, I want to thank, first of all, make a thank you to Metro, and then I'm going to ask Nicole a question, because even though she has a great sex life, I still respect her conservatism. I know her story, okay? So anyways, so first of all, I called in yesterday. I want to thank Metro for supporting um, uh, the Jewish community and keeping our community safe. And, you know, we haven't had any big mishaps, and Metro's out there protecting the Jewish community. And I want to thank them. I want to thank our Sheriff Kevin McMahon. Absolutely. That's the first thing. Yeah. Okay, now here's the second question. Here's the question. This happened yesterday. I got it. Donald Trump used that. And you know I'm a Republican, yeah. but I'm not really big on Trump. So, so let me tell you what Trump said yesterday. He said that he is not obligated to support the Constitution. That if he that saying that if he def, that if he is he he can defend and protect and I'll just, oh, another word there I can look it up but I, I'm on the phone here but anyhow he says that he doesn't have to um, uh, support the Constitution and he's already been caught by one by Bill O'Reilly and he made another statement that the Constitution should be changed I want to ask Nicole. I know she's a conservative. I know that I know her story. She was a pastor. She was like what every American conservative girl is raised to be, you know. <laughs> and I respect her conservative opinion. What do you have to say about Donald Trump not saying he doesn't have to support the Constitution? What do you think about that? Al, thank you for calling in and thank you for asking a question. I love that so much. First, I'm like, Trump knows how to create viral posts. He knows how to create viral content. He says extreme things and whether he's dumb or he's smart, he's good at it. And obviously we know anyone who wants to be in a position of leadership, much less the president of the United States, you are bound to work with the constitution. It's not something you can throw in the trash and be like, I don't care. Like that's not an option. Even if there's things that I don't agree with in the constitution, you can't throw the whole thing out. So him saying that, I feel like he just does it to incite massive reaction and like really polarize audiences and get more media, more press, super smart. I'm not saying it's essentially good or right. Um, but yeah, you just don't have the luxury of like, I'm not going to abide by the constitution of our country, even though I want to be the president of it again. It doesn't work like that. And Nicole, my first yeah, reaction, I, Al, Al, my first reaction too is when you tell tell us this, right, that, that Trump uh, ha, has done this, my first reaction is, that's bad. Remember the, remember Bill Murray in Ghostbusters when the guy's describing, when, when uh, the other Ghostbuster who passed away, I can't, I can't remember his name, says to him, starts describing what happens when, uh, when the marshmallow man starts rolling through town, right? And, and, and Bill Murray looks at him and says, you know what? That's bad. Okay. That's bad. That's bad. Okay. When Donald Trump starts talking like that. And you know what, Al? It leads into our discussion that we've been having and an aspect that Nicole brought up in that shattering of norms, Nicole and Al, right? When it comes to Donald Trump in politics and in the last eight years, there has been an absolute shattering of norms when it comes to human decency, when how people talk with each other, how we discuss politics. The whole th everything has kind of gone out the window since Donald Trump became president, started running for president, became president, became a post president, and now is running for president again. There's this kind of you know, it's just not the way that it used to be. People do not address them address each other in the same way they used to, Al, right? When it when it comes since since the Trump era began, because Trump just kind of throws it all out the window and just says and does whatever he feels like. Well, that's the, I just got to tell you that you know I'm, I'm a staunch Republican, and 
our our candidates, man, they're sad. All I got to say is we got some sad candidates. That's all I got to say, man. Al, have a great weekend. We appreciate the phone call. All right, brother. Yeah, 702-221-7283, Nicole. We've got Gary on the line as well, too, Nicole. Gary, you're on with Nicole Mitchell and Chris Wynn in for Brian Shapiro on Pushing the Limits. What is going down, sir? Everything and nothing. Uh, Hey, hi, Nicole. Hi, Chris. Uh, uh, Good show. I'm sorry you shut down my buddy uh, in arms over there. I had to do it, Gary. I mean, Gary, he's coming right out of the gate with just straight negativity and nothing to offer whatsoever. He's complaining that we aren't offering substance, yet the guy has no substantive substantive take that I can actually address. I just had to shut it down, man. I had to. uh, 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 What's the subject? Conservative? No, the the subject was we were, first of all we were talking about pulp culture experience exposure when it came to my life and when it came to Nicole's life. Then we started d- discussing the concept of self expression. We were talking about you know truth. you were talking about the young kids today, Gary. Gary, I think you're a little bit older than wait, I am, so wait, like yes. you, you know what I'm talking about. But and I'm bringing I, up I, how I, the younger generation is a little bit softer. I is maybe not a little bit, maybe a lot of it. Uh, in some cases, than than other generations. We were talking about things of substance, things that matter. And JD didn't want to have anything to do with it, and he wanted to. All right, all right, all right, all right. Stop being so defensive. I'm not being defensive. I'm describing to you. I love JD. No, no. Hey, Gary, Gary, time out, time out, Gary. I'm not being defensive. All right, I'm just describing to you what the circumstances were. I'm describing to you what took place about five, ten minutes ago. Right. I wanted to say something in the conversation. You're all excited. Tell me the truth. Nicole's good looking, (laughs) isn't she? Absolutely. She's gorgeous. What are you talking about? Come All on right, well, you we, get your testosterone uh, in order here. I'm, I'm trying to say something of substance. Okay, give, I agree give, give with it to most us. young so, people. Give it to us, Gary. What do you got? I got this. I, I'm saying that most of the young people in this world uh, are fed up with... Uh, I'm older, like you said, yeah. but I, I consider myself a conservative, but I think young people are kind of fed up with the, you know, like the wackadoodle religious uh, taking over right-wing radio. Uh, what's that all about? Can't we, you know compartmentalize some of the stuff. Uh, I don't want to get off the subject, but as a conservative, I feel that the, the main thing is uh, keep taxes low, put criminals in jail, have security on the border. It has nothing to do with God. That's why we have state is separated from the country uh, to the most part. And I'll say one more thing. Even though I'm a conservative, even though J.D.'s my buddy, yeah. if Donald Trump gets reelected, there's a civil war in, in, in the making before he even gets sworn in. Uh, so that's where I stand. Uh, and uh, you do good radio. I appreciate that, Gary. Hey, have a great weekend, sir. We'll talk to you again soon. Don't, be a, don't be a stranger, my friend. Make sure you come in more oh. often. I'm sure Shapiro, right. Shapiro loves it when he gets a little Gary action on uh, PTL Vegas, uh, Nicole. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's kind of turned to politics, right, Nicole, when it comes to this. People want to talk about Trump. And uh, you know what? At the top of the hour here, as we roll towards uh, the conclusion of hour number one here, uh, we're going to get into the the, uh, the situation in Israel and uh, some of the details. I'm going to bounce a couple of stories off of Nicole that uh, that are poignant and that are important, and then, then I want to get her take on. But uh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of turned it. Everything kind of comes back to politics, right, Nicole? Especially nowadays, where everything's so in, so inflamed, right? Yep, it's all connected. It mm-hmm. all matters. Like we all have opinions. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it all comes back to politics. No question about it. And uh yeah, look, look, and uh and and it is politics is intertwined when we we're, we're about to talk about this Israeli Palestinian situation. Uh and of course uh our situation here at home, right, with Washington DC where 
Uh, we're about to have a government shutdown, essentially, and the, and the House of Representatives is, is kind of a quagmire right now, and there's a lot of uncertainty there in Washington, D.C., So, uh, and there's a lot of details there that we can dive into as well, too. It, it's uh, Pushing the Limits, coming your way live here on a Friday. I'm Chris Wynn, along with Nicole Mitchell, co-hosting today. As uh, Brian Shapiro is out at the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open, checking out some golf. He'll be back on Monday. The phone line is 702-221-7283. We really appreciate your takes, your comments, and your approaches, folks. Uh, Find us also on YouTube at PTL Vegas. Our number one is in the books on the other side of things. We'll talk about the situation in Israel and much, much more as we continue here on your Friday. Come back. Right after That's this. The impression that I get. Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Gwynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702 543311 Hey everybody, it's Hungry for the best barbecue in Las Vegas? Come out to the infamous barbecue and meat market, John Moles Meats and Roadkill Grill in Las Vegas. John Moles was featured on the Food Network's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Now take home delicious meat selections for your grill, and while you're there, grab a bite of the best barbecue in Las Vegas. With two locations now at Tom and Gowan or on North Decatur, you're sure to find the perfect meats for your next barbecue or party. Find us online at johnmolemeats.com. 
Big Dogs Brewing Company, open 24-7, is an award-winning brewery, a full-service catering business, and a fun, smoke-free brew pub restaurant with a full-service bar, including over 35 craft beers on tap, 35 multi-denomination slot machines, the best gaming promotion, and a lively, dog-friendly outdoor patio. Big Dogs Brewing Company, 4543 North Ratchet Craig. Find out more at BigDogsBrews.com. Coach Harvey Hyde is heard right here on KSHP North Las Vegas. AM and FM, K296HP North Las Vegas and KSHP.com. Live here in Las Vegas, AM 1400, 107.1 FM, streaming on the World Wide Web, at uh, primarily YouTube, at ETL Vegas. Chris Wynn and Nicole Mitchell in co-hosting on your Friday, in for Brian Shapiro. Shapiro, playing golf fan out there. Golf fan, golf better, Vegas, socialite, we'll call it, Nicole. <laughs> All right. This is a guy. He's now, now you know. He used to be. He used to be a uh, you know a grinder out there in the meat in the sports media. Go out there and cover things, right? Whether it's a sporting event, whether it's an entertainment event. His favorite bands. You know, he's a big '90s uh, band guy. He's a, a bit, a bit. A lot of his bands are you know the progressive rock or, or rock bands of the '90s. He used to go out to those and and actually cover them, right? So that he could you could use it as show prep. Now he's out hobnobbing with celebrities. He's hitting golf tournaments, right? He's, he's having, you know, he's having breakfast, breakfast with, uh, breakfasts, can't even say it, with, cele- with, uh, with actresses out there with Vivica Fox. That's because you don't know what breakfast is. Guys, because by the time you have breakfast, Nicole, it's lunch. Numchuck knows what he's talking about here. I'm not a big breakfast guy unless I eat breakfast at 1230 when I usually wake That's up. That's the best breakfast. It is. That's breakfast. all. It is actually breakfast awesome. I love lunch. it. I love it. So, you know, so, so, but, but Shapiro will be back to his regular gig. He's coming back Monday. So he'll be here, folks. So, uh, bear with us. You've got Chris Wynn and Nicole Mitchell on a Friday with Numchuck here, making us sound good and making us look good. 702-221-7283 is the phone number. We had uh, some lighthearted topics there in hour one, Nicole. I do want to dive into a little bit of, uh, of current events. Obviously, uh, you're well aware of the tragic events that have taken place uh, over in Israel. Uh, with uh, the terrorist uh, outlet that is Hamas attacking a music festival and also uh, carrying out numerous a number of just gruesome, uh, abhorrent, horrendous terrorist attacks throughout, in which there have been uh, dozens, hundreds killed over there in Israel. It has kind of now uh, risen to the forefront a conflict that has been going on for decades. That is the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And of course, uh, uh, here in the United States, we are involved. We do have a dog in the fight, uh, especially now, given that we've had, you know, uh, upwards of, I believe, 20 to 30 American citizens who have been killed in, in the past five days, which essentially started on Saturday when the initial attack occurred. Um, you and I both being heavily involved with social media. I was, uh, bouncing across yesterday on my, my TikTok feed, as well as uh, some other outlets. And uh, 
the, the good thing and the bad thing about social media at times is obviously the good thing is when I can come across people like you on social media who are, uh, are putting out good content and are, are, uh, are a, 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 are people who are focusing on positive things and that, uh, that you can in, in increase either your success or, uh, be a better person. A problem with social media is that, uh, you have to read stories like this one that I'm about to tell you and, and, and see these real time, real situations with real people take place that are very sad. Uh, the story I'm talking about is the story of, uh, uh, and by the way, this is a story that's echoed by uh, hundreds of people that have died in, in the last five days because of these terrorist attacks and because of what's taken place in Israel. The story is about, uh, is about uh, Bruneo uh, Villanau. She was a 24-year-old Brazilian young woman who was, uh, who was going to school in Israel. And she was killed at the music festival on Saturday. She had just recently moved there, Nicole, with her mother and her sister. And uh, I believe maybe two to three weeks ago, she had just moved there. Uh, she was killed in those attack, those terrorist attacks on Saturday. Uh, the family didn't have a lot of people that they were friends with there because they just recently moved there, so they didn't have a lot of family, a lot of friends that were in the that were in the area. And uh, it is for the Jewish faith they have what's called a minion when it comes to uh, religious services and funeral services, essentially. And so there's this, uh, I mean, requirement's kind of a weird word to use, but there's an expectation that there be, there's usually 10 people at these type of events, right? When somebody, uh, dies or somebody's killed or whatever, and they have a funeral, uh, usually there's, there's a minimum of 10 people at these, at these minions that they're called. So the, the mother and the sister, uh, put out feelers on social media, uh, regarding their daughter because they didn't have a lot of people that they were close to in Israel. So, Obviously, that can be a touch and go thing. We don't know what's going to happen, right? As far as the support, right? As far as people are, people are going to are even going to pay attention to it. Do people even care, right? And this is a heartwarming story, Nicole. That is a triumph for human for 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 just the human race, in my opinion. Thousands, tens of thousands, Nicole showed up at at uh, at Bruneo's service in Israel to support the family in this time of grief and sorrow. Uh, that was uh, an uplifting story that I saw that uh, that kind of goes right to the core mm. of what it is to be a human being and dealing with a tragic event such as this in which you would hope a story like that is something that uh, becomes a domino effect across the board when you when you see a absolutely horrific terrorist attack like this. Yeah, that story gave me goosebumps. Like mm -hmm. when I read about that online, it shows that that unity is possible in the midst of horrific travesty. Yeah. Right? And I feel like it's such a symbol of hope for humanity. Like there's so much war and devastation and polarization and violence when like we still have the ability to choose. We still have the ability to choose unity, to choose to come together, to choose to understand, to choose to not evoke violence, to choose. And like, I'm so glad. I'm like, my heart breaks for that family. My heart breaks for that girl whose life should never have been taken. And for all the lives that have been taken, for all the unnecessarily unnecessary violence, for all the ways that it is fed and fostered by 
so many countries at play. It's, it's so horrific. And yet when I see moments like that, it gives me hope that we still have a heart. We still have a soul as people, and we still have the ability to come together and create love and healing and forgiveness. And I just so badly want this violence to end and live in a world where this is the norm. We come together. We love each other. We, we break bread together across our differences, not in spite of them. Yeah, it is so uh, inspiring and insp- it is so um, uplifting to see a story like that in the face of tragedy, which is what this is, right? And this is our, uh, absolutely some of the atrocities that are taking place over there as we speak right now, as we're on the air right now, some of the things that are happening. Uh, there was another situation, too, where I, I saw a video of an Irish father who was talking about, in, in some way, shape, or form, he got separated from his eight-year-old daughter uh, when they were out and about over the weekend, and uh, and she was missing, and they, and he and his wife didn't know where she was. He was informed of the horrific news yesterday that his eight-year-old daughter had been killed in the, uh, the, the episodes that are taking place over there. This is a different perspective, Nicole, that he brought, again, that this, it just highlights and just shows you uh, how, in a moment's notice, your life can change and how your perspective can be altered. He talked about it, finding out that his daughter was killed as if it was a relief, as if he as if it was like, oh, my gosh, I just got a huge uh, burden lifted off my shoulders. Why is that, Nicole? The reason for that is because of some of the just excruciating details that have come out of that region in the past four or five days of things that have happened to young children and. I, I, I expect that you've been on social media, so you're aware of some of these details. I don't need to reiterate them on the air. I'll reiterate a couple of them. We're talking about beheading of young children. We're talking about torture. We're talking about sexual torture. We're talking about things that are absolutely, positively unspeakable, undefendable, abhorrent, atrocious, not humanly uh, possible as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And as far as any decent, rational, reasonable, empathetic human being should be. Uh, on board with at all and this has kind of been uh the banter back and forth is in america is because there's some people and uh, some people uh that are in the camp of being upset with american citizens saying you are not being sympathetic enough to our plight and our and i'm talking about you know the plights of jewish americans i'm talking about israelis and just people and and uh to family members who have been killed over there right the families here that are grieving, there is this uh, and this element out there, and it's, it's absolutely true, where you have some people trying to take the side of Palestine, right? Or trying to act as if it is justified for these actions mm-hmm. to be taken, right? As if they're trying, as if it's it, it, not, not okay, but trying to make excuses for these horrific acts. And I pointed out yesterday, Nicole, I said, time and place. Time and place, you know, you there. There's a time and place for reflection on the other side. I guess is the way I'll say it. And that time is not now. Time, right, the time now is to have empathy and compassion for those who have lost loved ones, for those who have been victims of this terrorist attack. And then, uh, in due time, we can sort out what we think are possible solutions later on down the line. Yeah, it's. I think at this point, we're like just grieving the loss of life, mm-hmm. whoever you are, whatever your ethnic background is. Like there's, 
I, I don't like to think that these terrorists, this terrorist group represents all Palestinians, just like American school shooters don't represent all Americans. Like the extreme end of violence doesn't represent entire people group. And right. so like we can condemn these terrorist acts without condemning innocent people. We can oppose violence while believing that all people are worthy of life and dignity. We can grieve with the, 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 the wounded, the kidnapped, the dead, and understand that there's a lot of complexity here. But I think overall, we can still take a stand that the taking of innocent life is never okay. Whatever people group you belong to, whatever country you're from, it is just never okay. And it's something that I personally stand against that we should do better than that. We oppose violence. We oppose terrorist attacks. And just by being opposed to the terrorist attacks doesn't mean we're against Palestinians. Like, it's just, Mm -hmm. we are against the terrorist attacks. That is not okay. When I think about this entire situation, there's a lot of period full stops as far as sentences that I think of, Nicole, right? Mm. Period full stop. It is absolutely atrocious, and there it is unspeakable, and there's no way to justify or try to defend horrific terrorist acts, acts of rape, acts of torture, acts of you know indiscriminate killing, cold-blooded killings. No person should be defending that. No mm-hmm. person should be should be celebrating that. Period. Full stop. Okay, I think. As an American citizen myself, a veteran of this country, uh, someone who does believe that the Constitution matters, as someone who does does have a, a belief that uh, American American Americans' view of the of uh, uh, America's worldview, I want to be I want to come from a sense of positivity, right? Um, I want to believe that we are doing the right thing. Most of the time, I do understand that we as a country do not do the right thing some of the time, period, full stop. I also think that this is an ongoing uh, conflict that has gone on for decades between the Palestinians and the state of Israel, period, full stop. That's just a factual statement I just made. That is not uh, laced in bias. That is not something that uh, you know anybody should be debating me on. That just happens to be a statement of fact. I, okay, in a perfect world, would love to be have the Palestinians and the Israelis being able to coexist with Christians in that part of the world in a peaceful way in which they could resolve their issues. Period. Full stop. Okay? Yes, I understand that that's not been the case, and there have been, and I'm not laughing to laugh, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm irritated, right? Uh... And I understand that that is a challenge and has been a challenge for years over there. But, um, you know, there's a discourse in America right now. And I'll I'll bring us back now to the United States, Nicole. Right. Because we're now because of Washington, D.C. and everything that's going on there with the House of Representatives and everything. And uh, and because this issue is so raw and is so poignant and we and we have such horrific tragedy among Israelis, Americans and even non-Israelis and non-Jewish people that got killed in, in those and have been killed in those attacks just for being there, right? Um, it has really fired up the discourse in America and in Washington, D.C., and it's, and it's uh, unfortunately, and this is my personal opinion, I think it has the potential to, to get worse before it gets better. God. And it doesn't help that it's not just Israel and Palestine. At war, we have America, we have Iran, we have all kinds of countries feeding 
guns and money and using them as pawns for a bigger political game. It is such a mess. And it's, I, I, it is not just on them. Like there's blood on our hands too. And there's other countries who have blood on their hands. And I just wish that we would again, live out what we saw with that, all the people coming to that woman's funeral and just like, can we drop our arms and choose peace over violence and stop feeding war and start feeding the homeless? Like, I think we have a lot of our priorities backwards as a country and the way we feed wars around the world. Like I, I, I do have to say that mm-hmm. because what we're witnessing now is one of the outcomes of what happens behind the scenes. It's just very troublesome, right? Nicole, at times yeah. to watch the new, I have friends here in town, right? That, that, that talk to me and they, they know that I jump on this show every now and then. And so I'll unload my political opinions, my opinions on, uh, uh, social pop culture and social issues and things like that. And they'll say, uh, they'll say to me, I don't like to watch the news. I just don't like to watch it because it's depressing, right? Because, uh, it, 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 there, there aren't, it's, it's just way more stories about things that are going wrong in the world as opposed to stories like we just gave, uh, you know, regarding, uh, Brene Villanau. Right. And stories, there's just not enough of those and too much of just death and destruction and just bad news and, you know, all the stuff going on that's, that just expresses negativity. And I kind of get it, Nicole, right? I mean, I kind of, kind of makes sense to me. I'm like, yeah, it makes, uh, I can, I'm picking up what you're putting down if, as far as not want to watch the news because at times it can be depressing, Nicole, right? And it can be depressing. And, uh, and in today's day and age and, uh, and this kind of leads into the topic we're, we're gonna. I want to talk. I want to transition into also is uh, uh, American society and worldwide society can be a downer at times. Nicole, it really can. Yeah. And I'll say, you know, for those of you who are like, you know, watching what's unfolding and you feel helpless because we do. We live a very privileged life. Me, Chris, Justin. Like, if yeah. you're tuning in, we're probably we're safe. We're not there. We're not fighting for our lives. Like, and I'm very fortunate where I don't have family over there. I have a friend of mine who just found out two of her family members were just killed there. Like if you want to get involved, please do something like, please just don't watch it. Please get involved. There's different organizations that you can give to that are helping aid the people on the ground that are helping provide food, shelter, medical care. So like, I want to encourage our listeners to donate, to give. If you don't know of an organization that you can trust together, rising is a very vetted long-standing organization that gives to causes they are giving money to this cause so take action like this is where we have to take our heartbreak into action don't just stand on by don't just scroll on media don't just heart the the story don't just listen to a radio show listen then go do something because this is how we heal the world we hear the devastating news that's going on instead of instead of shoving our, our head in the ground like we want to first take action then bury your head in the sand. We can do both. We can have reprieves, mm-hmm. but also take some action to help make a difference in the world. And getting back to that point you made, I think it is a very poignant and a great point, Nicole, talking about how sometimes we're desensitized here in the United States. I talked about this with Paul McKeskey yesterday on the show, Numchuck, uh, regarding, look, here in the United States, you know, we haven't had any type of war that actually takes place in the U.S. in decades, right? In years, in hundreds of years, right? There has not been, uh, usually when you're talking about war, you're talking about other places or parts around the country. Now we're talking about in Israel, right? Which happens all the time in Israel, in, in either the West Bank, Gaza, or in Israel, period, or around that region. We talk about all the time in Syria, right? We obviously have been talking about it in Ukraine for the, for the past, you know, uh, close to a year, uh, as far as the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. Uh, other other part and when uh, the world wars really were not fought here in the United States. They were fought over in uh, you know in France and in, in, you know in Germany and other other parts of of the of Europe 
and around the world, Japan and and etc. The point being is that we can we can we we, we kind of sit here, you know, uh, you know, cloaked off from all that, right? We have we have the ability, as Nicole pointed out. Uh, we're, I'm here in Las Vegas. You're in Southern California, right? We're places where it's not necessarily right in our face, right? Where you don't have it. Now, I will say this: there are, you know, s- spots. Uh, the Route 91 shooting here in Las Vegas, um, in Orlando, Florida. Friends of mine, uh, when I lived down there, of course, the uh, the Pulse shooting at the at the nightclub. Uh, you know, you're going to have tragic events as far as attacks and things that are that are just flat out awful that take place. But as far as a war zone, that's just not a thing here in America. So that is a challenge for us, right? To kind of have an, uh, an appreciation is not the right word to use now, but uh, just an acknowledgement of that, that we don't have that here in America. Yeah. And, uh, and maybe we should be to thankful. To use for our that. privilege, to yeah. use our privilege to do, because it's so easy, right? Like if it's not, if like we, it's a human issue where unless we personally experience it firsthand, we don't think it matters as much. And then as soon as something affects us directly, then we start getting involved. For example, we hear someone dies from cancer all the time, but until a family member or a loved one that you personally know gets cancer, that's typically the first time anyone donates to a cancer organization. It's the first time they're doing any walks for cancer. Like my hope is that we don't wait until it strikes at home, like literally or metaphorically before we take action. So use our privilege to take action, to give to causes, to volunteer, to help out, because we understand that it's only a matter of time till it makes its way to us. It's all, it all goes around. So until, while we're in this very privileged position, do whatever you can to help other people out who aren't as, who aren't in as of a privileged position. We brought up the topic of mental health a little bit in the context of this discussion, Nicole. I wanted to kind of bring this into this because obviously it's been a discussion in recent uh, politics because of uh, because of the gun issue, right? As far as uh, a lot of you know, gun tragedies in the United States of America, and a lot of people that uh, want to want to give reasons why this is happening. Mental health frequently comes into the fold here, and uh, it's something that's absolutely uh, instrumental, right? When it comes to issues that we need to address here in the United States. Uh, first of all, how, what do you think about the kind of the public image? of mental health and how it's changed in the past, you know, 15 to 20 to 30 years here in America, because, uh, you know, and, and, and is it, is you think it's more of kind of a, you know, acceptable to, you know, I'll call it unload in the public sphere when it comes to your personal issues with, with mental health as a person, uh, whether or not you're a celebrity or not, just a regular person, right. In the, in the workplace, as far as uh, dealing with your issues, uh, I'm not saying your issues specifically, Nicole, but you, you get what I'm trying to, to get at here. Um, and now you, you have a lot of celebrities that are just out front, uh, and, and right and, and, uh, and, uh, giving information, uh, candidly about their situation from a mental health standpoint, whether it's, uh, Pete Davidson, whether it's Kanye West, uh, and others that have talked about this. I, I just want to get your perspective on, uh, your thoughts as far as mental health, the way it's looked at now in American society and how we deal with it. I think it's a, it, there's been a great shift, and this is one of the perks of social media, mm-hmm. where we're now able to have access to other people's stories and truths, and more and more people are seeing that m- mental health is quite common. We all have mm-hmm. mental health issues at different times. Some are more serious. Some require medication. Some don't. Like, And because that, people find the courage to come out with their truth about their mental health, and they realize they're not alone. They're not crazy. There, there's, there is hope. There are solutions. So I am so grateful it is hitting mainstream, both on social media and in media. 
And I'm really glad that for people in positions of influence and fame, like celebrities, where there's a lot of pressure to appear perfect, that they also are finding it safe for them to come out in truth about their stress and their pressure and their mental health, because it's only going to make it easier for them to get what they need without having to hide it and like pretend like they're okay when they're not. And it normalizes for other people to get the help that they need and deserve. And it's also important too, right? That celebrities or people that are, uh, that are, you know, social media impact people like yourself and others, yeah. right? That, uh, it, that their stories get out there with respect to me- their mental health and how they, how they're able to combat it, uh, and how they're able to deal with it and yet still be successful, right? I mean, that's, that's an important lesson for people to see and for people to learn, uh, you know, fr- from the, uh, from the standpoint that, hey, you know, yeah, I, I have issues that I have to deal with. Yeah, there, there's times where I need to get professional help. There's times where I need to deal with, uh, you know, where I'm not, exa- you know, I'm not considered to be, uh, uh, the term all there, right? Or I might have things that I'm dealing with and yet I can still persevere and I can still end up being a successful and productive member of society. Yeah, because if until this became the mainstream norm or more and more of the norm, and we put all these celebrities or influencers on a pedestal, like, I guess you'd be perfect. Well, I'm not perfect. I can't make it. Mm-hmm. That's no one's fucking, oh, no one's perfect, yeah. right? Like, everyone has issues. Good and catch. I think the more we can be honest and open about it, uh, the better off everyone is. And it's going to normalize that you can have as much success as you want. You can be as famous as you desire, even while you're still, still figuring your stuff out. Nicole Mitchell, Chris Wynn here on Pushing the Limits. The phone number is 702-221-7283. Let's jump out to the phone lines. Fernando joins us here on Pushing the Limits. Fernando, we appreciate your phone call. How are you? I'm good, guys. Uh, good show. Good topics. Hey, I appreciate These homeless leaders and militants and their followers must be dealt with and uh, either arrested or killed. Either way, it's a terrible thing. But um, I wanted to ask you guys, um, Bernie Sanders said that Israel is violating international law by cutting off electricity and food and other things. Is he? Uh, is that true or not? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't looked into the details uh, as far as what exactly the state of Israel is doing on the ground with respect to those logistics there in Gaza or the West Bank, right? I believe it's oh, Gaza in Gaza City, right, where they're taking yeah. steps. Look, here's the here's the deal, right, Fernando. The state, the state of Israel, here, here's the thing, and, and by, by the way, Brian and the rabbi that, w- that was on with Brian on Wednesday talked about, look, there's going to be a response that we, we, I understand, and this is, this is, the, the, and, and Fernando, this is the kind of, uh, you know, uh, kind of tight wire that a lot of us in the United States are kind of jumping on in that we want to, we need to understand you have to have compassion for, for, the Israeli citizens and those that were killed and their families. And you need to understand it was a terrorist attack and we have to yeah. be on their side. We, we have to, you have to, you have to, from a moral yeah. standpoint, you have to, there too. but, but, and everybody yeah, there too. but we also have to understand that nobody's playing by the rules here when it comes to these terrorist uh, entities that are Hamas and at, at, at times previously Hezbollah, right. And other, and other terror, mm-hmm. they don't operate under the rules of engagement. They don't operate yeah. on the level. Okay, when it comes to wartime, there are rules, right? There's a reason why there are tribunals and there are war crimes being committed by people and that they're brought up on those war crimes and they're convicted and sometimes executed for. It's because people commit war crimes, right? And so unfortunately, unfortunately, this situation is going to lead to that in the West Bank and in uh, in Gaza City because 
there are terrorist members that need to be brought to justice and killed that are infiltrating themselves in with the innocent Palestinians, right? They're going in their houses. They're using them as human shields. So that is a dilemma that we face. And so when I say tightrope, I'm talking about that's kind of the discussion that's going back and forth, right, in the United States. Both Nicole and and Fernando is that, hey, we want to support. Yeah, we want to support Israel, but we also have to understand that there's going to be innocent people that might lose their lives here. Chris, when you get a chance, read what Bernie Sanders said, okay? Yeah. Okay, guys. And look, and, and, and Fernando, I appreciate the phone call. Hey, hey, look, uh, uh, politicians, prominent politicians, Nicole, are going to chime in with their takes. We get it, okay? Bernie Sanders, uh, obviously, is a, pro- a prominent member of uh, and, and, and official in Washington, D.C., and so what he says matters, but uh, it, it shouldn't matter too much right now. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just a, uh, and Brian and I got into this a little bit on Monday because he, uh, wanted to point out to me, he said, Hey, these people, you know, there's people that listen to these people. So if you are soft on them or soft, you know, or if you, if you take the approach of, uh, you know, it's all about Palestine now, or we should be talking about Palestine. People are going to actually give a damn about that stuff right now. And they shouldn't, you know, it gets back to what I was saying before, Nicole, about how, you know, our focus needs to be on those who lost their lives, being compassionate, being empathetic to those. And then, uh, you know, and then we can flip the script later on down the line and and look at solutions probably for the overall problem. But right now, the focus needs to be on the Jewish Americans, the Americans and the Israelis and those that lost their lives. In my opinion, I know I've always I've always said I'd make a great neighbor and a terrible politician, because when it comes, like you said, I don't want the innocent Palestinians to suffer for the terrorists who are doing the violence. Right. And like they're going it's going to happen, though, um, because war is messy. And I'm just like, as a politician, I don't know how you make that call. How do you how do you pin? point each of the terrorists without harming innocent Palestinians. And so that's why I'm like, I'm a great neighbor. Let's all come together. Let's all break bread. Let's find all the reasons we have things in common, but to make political decisions that will cost innocent lives absolutely devastates my soul. So I, I, that is such, like you said, that is such a tricky tightrope to walk. It's pushing the limits coming away live on a Friday. We'll take our final break. When we come back, I'm Chris Wynn, along with Nicole Mitchell in for Brian Shapiro. I'm going to bounce a couple things off of Nicole from a relationship standpoint, right? Significant others, friendships, how these start out, ways that you can improve them. Because she is also a life coach. Yes, she's an OnlyFans model. She's a businesswoman. She's a former pastor. But she can also chime in on this without question. Miss Mitchell, you're you're not going to be afraid to do it. And uh, (laughs) it's going to be an interesting conversation. So we'll continue this. On the other side of the break, it's Pushing Limits coming your way live, 107.1 FM, 1400 AM, KSHB, and streaming on the World Wide Web at YouTube at PTL Vegas. We'll be back right after this. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. 
Forget about it. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Steiner, the Nevada Stop Pub invites you to play the best tavern, kino, and video poker in Vegas. Promos are how we roll, so make the most of your gaming dollars here with us. Come play our proud partner gaming promotion, Fly Aviators Fly, and receive daily free play, bonuses, and more. With a chance to win awesome brand of prizes and big money for all the jackpots each week. It's not only great gaming that Steiner's Pub has, it's the 24 awesome rotating draft beers. Vegas is best appetizers to match. So join us in supporting your Las Vegas Aviators, Golden Knights, Lights, Aces, and the Raiders, as we make history in Vegas. Steiner's, the Nevada Style Pub at 8410 West Cheyenne, 1750 North Buffalo, and Las Vegas Boulevard at Windmill. Steiner's, I love this place. Located only four miles from downtown Colorado Springs, at just 10 miles from Pikes Peak, Hyatt Place Colorado Springs Garden of the Gods offers spacious rooms featuring contemporary decor with stylish furnishings, including divided living and sleeping areas, the Hyatt Grand Bed, state-of-the-art media and work center, a 42-inch flat-panel high-definition television that easily integrates with laptops and other devices, and complimentary breakfast is included in your stay. Hyatt Place Colorado Springs Garden of the Gods at 503 West Garden of the Gods Road. Visit HyattPlace.com. At the Bagel Cafe, the recipe is simple, good food, and generous portions. Family-owned and operated since 1996, the Bagel Cafe is a unique restaurant where you can get anything your appetite desires. From a bagel and a schmear to piled high corned beef on homemade rye, fresh fruit platters and salads, or creamy New York cheesecake. Check them out at TheBagelCafeLV.com. The Bagel Cafe, where there's something delicious for everyone. Roll through hour number two. It is Pushing Limits coming your way live on a Friday. Chris Wynn, Nicole Mitchell, your co-host today, and for Brian Shapiro. He'll be back on Monday. 12 to 2 every weekday. 
PTL Gets Rolling. You can find us on YouTube at PTL Vegas. And uh, I do monitor the chat lines as we get some very interesting comments, Nicole, on social oh, media throughout the show, as we should. The phone line is 702-221-7283. Let me tell you about uh, one of my favorite spots in Vegas to hit. That's Jackson's Bar and Grill over on the corner of Jones and Flamingo, the premier gaming bar in all of Las Vegas. Now that we're smack dab in the middle of uh, the VGK season, you've got the Aces uh, wrapping up the WNBA Finals. You've got the Raiders going full full steam ahead. It is uh, a tremendous spot to watch all kinds of sporting events at Jackson's Bar and Grill, Numchuck. And do they all know your name? They all know my name. Do they all know your drink? They do know my drink. Of most course. of the bartenders there you go. on the on the on the on the times that I do go in there. You want to talk about game promotions, Nicole? When you come here to Vegas, we'll 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 drag you into uh, Jackson's Bar and Grill. You'll get a chance to see the infamous Brian Shapiro in his video poker lore there at Jackson's Bar and Grill. They have tremendous promotions across the board from uh, all all of the games that they have there. I'm a big time caveman Kino player there, as well as regular Kino. And uh, so for all the sporting events, they have a tremendous amount of uh, pass-the-puck promotions and things that are going on there, yes. as well as a great menu as well, too, there. It's Jackson's Bar and Grill on the corner of Ooh. Flamingo and Jones here in Las Vegas. Let's We're go. Talking. Next time. Yeah. Next time I'm in we'll, town. We will line it up, Mrs. Yes. Mrs. Mitchell. Uh, Nicole Mitchell, Chris Wynn, and for Brian Shapiro, as I mentioned, we've been discussing a plethora of topics here on your Friday. We're discussing mental health. Uh it's October, Nicole, so what does that mean? It means that we're rolling into the fall, but it also means that the decorations are coming out, Nicole, all over the place. doesn't matter where you're at. I've got Halloween, Halloween decorations everywhere. You've got the theme type of events going on, Halloween Horror Nights at uh, Universal Studios in Los Angeles as well as in Orlando. Uh, here in Vegas, it's a big-time event for Halloween uh, what's your, what's your deal, Nicole Mitchell? Are you a, uh, what's your holiday game like? Are you a Halloween person? Uh, because, because you grew up kind of, you know, in a religious background where it was Christmas really like the, the thing in your house. And that was kind of like the end all be all, or, uh, you know, or, or was it, was it, was it Easter? Uh, or maybe was it, uh, some other, maybe, maybe other holiday, like 4th of July or something. What, uh, what's, what's the story, Nicole Mitchell, when it comes to holidays for you? I love this. Okay, so I'm a sucker for all holidays where, in a sense, I love decorations. Mm -hmm. I love going to restaurants and hotels and they're decked out. I typically don't put up any. I'm so bad at decorating my own place. And I always, when I walk into homes that are so beautifully decorated, I'm like, I want this, but I do not have that skill. Growing up, Christmas and Easter were the biggest holidays, of course, because when Jesus was born and then when Jesus was killed and resurrected, Mm -hmm. right? And Halloween, thankfully, my home, we could go trick-or-treating. But when I got older, in my 20s, I worked at a Christian high school as a high school teacher there. And we were not allowed to celebrate Halloween. So we did All Hallows Eve the night before Halloween where you celebrate saints who've died. And you had to come dress as your favorite saint. And then we'd read stories about the saints. It was the most boring experience I think I've ever had when I just wanted to be dressed up Go get candy, hang out with friends, have a good time. But that was not allowed where I was living at that time. Yeah. So when I was growing up, as I pointed out, I did come from a strict family, but we weren't really necessarily super religious, right? I mean, I grew up basically, I'm I'm a lot like Donald Trump when it comes to the whole religious thing, Numchuck and Nicole. I, you know, I, I grew up Presbyterian, right? And a lot of time we Presbyterians get some flack because 
a lot a lot of people who are either Catholic, right, or some other religion talk about us like, oh, you're not really a real religion. That's not you're not really like hardcore. And uh, I counter them by saying, you know what? I wasn't really religious. I did occasionally go to church to my Presbyterian church. And and by the way, Nicole, I used to go to church camp every now and then when I was a kid. We used to have church camp in Michigan, Camp Greenwood. This spot was good times. We had fun. I had fun as a kid going there. Yes, we had, we, we had time periods where we, we, we sang Psalms and we, you know what I mean? We, we had, uh, you know, Bible study and stuff like that. And I, to be honest with you, look, I was a, I was a young, a youngster. So I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to that. You know, I didn't really, I, I wasn't someone who really absorbed a lot of that. And a lot of, a lot of things that was fun about going to church camp for me was getting a chance to hang out with the girls, right? Like I was like, oh yeah, like and 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 you get a chance to to hang out with my friends and stuff like that. That's totally. we looked at it like we looked at it like a week long kind of vacation because mm-hmm. as I told you, growing up in a strict household, my dad was strict, my mother was strict, my my uh my mother and my stepmother were strict. Like I I I wasn't really necessarily exposed. I like a lot like you. I wasn't exposed to a lot of stuff, you know, in my teens. Once I got into high school and into college, that changed. But um. So I, so any opportunity to get out of the house, right. And get, and be able to get, get out about with my friends and enjoy an experience. That was, that was the situation. But, um, but as far as holidays, like I loved Christmas just because we were getting gifts. Uh, right. you know, maybe that's kind of, you know, superficial as a young, a young person. You're not thinking about the big picture, right. Or thinking about the, the, the re- religious, uh, impact that is Christmas, you know, and, and that is Easter. I, 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 associate Easter growing up in Michigan with getting, you know, a bunch of candy and a bunch and stuffing, stuffing my face with a bunch of sugar, right? And going on Easter egg hunts as opposed to think of it from a religious standpoint, right? But uh, as I got older, right, as I got into my teens and into my 20s and later, uh, I had more of appreciation for the 4th of July and for, and, and of course, being in the Army like I was and being a veteran uh, for Veterans Day and holidays like that. To me, those have more meaning than necessarily the other ones. But getting wow. circling back to what you're talking about about Halloween, Halloween's just a good time. I'm sorry, it just it is. is. People, people want to bag on adults saying, "Oh, you're not a, you're not a kid anymore. What are you getting dressed up for?" You know, stop being a party pooper. Stop being Ebenezer Scrooge. Okay, lighten up a little bit. It's freaking yes. one day a year. Numchuck, you're probably out there sporting your uh, Justin Bieber costume, right? It's free it, yeah. freaking candy. Exactly. Yes. And when you're an adult, Nicole and Numchuck, right? It's free others. It's, it's not free other stuff, but it's, you know, get a chance to go out and have a good time and, uh, you know, ha- maybe have a couple cocktails and, and, and enjoy the atmosphere, right, uh, Nicole, when it comes to Halloween? So enjoy it. Stop being a party. It. Like, yeah. have a party. Invite friends over. Like, I feel like we work so hard and take life so seriously. Mm-hmm. We deserve a night where you play, you dress up, you have friends over, you go get drinks, you go get candy. Like, make it a night to relax and have fun. You and, deserve it. And Nicole, speaking of holidays, right? It's an opportunity to spend time with friends and family, right? Yeah. Uh, quality time. Get away from the work, lo- work grind. And actually, you get a chance to kind of nurture those relationships here i go nicole another transition it's beautiful i love it Let's so it. i you know i was kind of reflecting on this yesterday talking about uh and, and look you're someone who is a life coach 
someone who uh, has, like myself, both of us, have been involved uh, in relationships in one extent or another. You have have, uh, been married and divorced, right? I almost got married twice, didn't do it for for a couple of reasons. Um, We both had relationships. I've had, you know, girlfriends. I've, you know, had uh, relationships, obviously, with close friends, longtime friends, lifelong friends, and friends who I've just recently met, whatever, right? Uh, And you think about the best ways to start and have relationships, right, Nicole? And, uh, and uh, I'll focus on the significant other relationship, Nicole, here, and, mm-hmm. and, and bounce this off of you. What's the best way to start one? Because I was watching a video yesterday, and it was a prominent celebrity that was talking about this, Chili from TLC, and was discussing this. And there's different ways, obviously, you can start a relationship with a significant mm-hmm. other, right? It can just be flat out, love at first sight. You know, fireworks out of the gate, you know, there's an attraction that's beyond unbelievable. And it just and it just kind of goes off that way. And that's how you proceed. That's where you come at come come at things right fast and furious. Then there's the situation that happens probably more often than people want to admit where you just you you uh, are met through mutual friends. Right. It, it, it develops as a friendship. And then that kind of it turns into a romantic relationship and there and then it expands on from from there right and you go along that route um it, there's always a question about the grand plan right mm-hmm. is it is it more like it just kind of a is it's kind of a fly by the seat of the pants thing Nicole or is do you think there's one way or another way that's better to start uh, off the relationship that is with a significant other girlfriend wife husband etc I love this question and I'm like, I have an annoying answer because I wish I had a, I wish I had a staunch opinion, but my belief is it's a spectrum Mm -hmm. and there's people in the spectrum who move really fast and there's people in the spectrum who take things really slow and we're all somewhere on there. I tend to be in the category of I move really freaking fast as in, um, we will sleep together probably on the first date. Like I, that is really important to me, that connection. And I'm very wired that way for someone else that could absolutely be horrific for them. Right. And the reason I would say why I think this is a great way, if you're someone who moves fast is it's a great way to find out if you are sexually compatible with someone. Right. And like, cause if you're not, I cannot be with someone I am not sexually compatible with. And if I date someone and fall in love with someone over a long time, and then we finally do the thing and I find out we are completely not sexually compatible now I'm in a horrible conundrum where I've fallen in mm-hmm. love with someone that I cannot have a satisfying sex life with that we can work on, but I'd rather be like aligned with someone. But then there's people who like, they need to take it slow. They've had past trauma. They, right. They've been gaslit or they've been in toxic relationships. So they need to go slow and learn how to like, does this person communicate well? Do they respect me? Do they validate my my experiences? And so like, you have to really honor the way you're wired and be really truthful about yourself, what you need. If you need it slow and you need clean energy and clean communication, that's your standard. If you need it to move fast and you want to know what it's like in bed the first night so you don't waste your time with them beyond that, you're allowed to do that. And I'm totally picking up what you're putting down too here because Nicole, like there's people, if they take that approach in which they're going to be slow and steady, right? Or be gradual as far as, you know, let's be friends first and then kind of, you know, A, B and C their relationship like that. You're not going to get, you're not going to know what that chemistry is sexually with that person, right? In bed. You're not going to know what the deal is as far as that, you know, human attraction, essentially, that uh, that people have and that people need, right? So you're not going to get that in that in that scenario. I want to get your take on this concept, too, because I, I saw 
Uh, Sylvester Stallone, obviously, longtime actor, you know, uh, big time celebrity. He has a show now with uh, he and his wife and his two daughters um, that uh, that that essentially focus. And look, we get fascinated with celebrities and their relationships. I get it. And I'm that's the kind of situation I'm in when I when I look at uh, Sly Stallone and his family here, because it uh, it's pretty touching to see his uh, relationship with his daughters and with his and with his wife. And so he's having a discussion with his daughter. Right. About about uh, her boyfriends or, you know, potential boyfriends and uh, how they should approach it. And they bring up this concept of currency. Right. And Sylvester Sloan says to her, he says, look, time is your currency. It's the most valuable bank account you'll ever have. Give yourself the best chance to spend it with the right person or the right people. Kind of insinuating that, you know, uh, you know, you want to make sure that this is the person that you want to be spending time with. Right. Or that if you get in a relationship you want to kind of, uh, you know, you kind of want to uh, analyze that, I guess is the best way I'll describe it, and, and make sure that, uh, that you're spending your time wisely, right? That you're not wasting your time because it is a currency. So I guess yeah. I want to get your, your take on that, that, that idea, right? Yeah. That, uh, that spending time with somebody, your significant other, or somebody you anticipate could be a significant other as currency, as a concept. I love that because when it comes to the currency of money, you can always make more money. Right. When it comes to the currency of time, you can't make up for lost time. You can't make more time. We all have a finite amount of time. So choosing the right person so you can cherish as much time as you have for them is amazing. And the same thing is to be said, like if you're in a wrong relationship with someone, get out because you can't, this is the only time you have. And I think we convince ourselves eventually, eventually, eventually I'll break it off. And it's like, this is your moment. This is your one life. And every year that goes by, every decade goes by is a year and a decade. You can't go back and you deserve a life where you're spending time with someone that you deeply love and that they deeply love you and you feel safe and you feel cherished. When it comes to Sly, I have some mixed feelings about him because I, like everyone knows who he is. Yeah. And I watched some of his TV show, surprisingly. It's like always on my social media. And I'm also fascinated by celebrity lives. And he is so protective to, a, I think, an unhealthy degree of his daughter's love life from the very man who paid so many women to sleep with him and got so many women apartments and cars and jobs in, in his movies. But he, like, won't respect his daughter's autonomy and agency to pick who they want to date when they want to date, how long they want to date, he still acts like he's their daddy when like, it's not daughter, daddy, it's woman to man. Exactly. They are women now. And so I wish, like, I think there's a double standard. He could screw anyone he wanted whenever he wanted. And he did. But with his daughters, he's like, absolutely not. Like, I'm. Well, you know the deal though, Nicole, that's, that's a hypocrisy that's as old as time. I'll speak as a man, right? Who's not been a father, but, but can, I, I, I can absolutely see what you're, see where you're going here. Uh, with respect to guys like Sylvester Stallone and others where, you know, yeah, they feel like they can do, they can, they can do whatever they feel like on a whim. But, uh, when it comes to your own daughters, there's that dynamic of father daughter too that I, I think it maybe might be, uh, you know, something that gets ignored that just have, it just, it's just there, Nicole, right? Uh, you know, I, I, I suspect that your, your father might have had the same relationship with you. I don't, I don't know, you know, specifically, but I'm saying, like there is that that dynamic. My system with my sister and my dad, I know that absolutely existed. And to the point you're making about Sly, right? There was a clip on the show that I was watching yesterday where both of the daughters were essentially chastising him, saying, "Hey, 
You know, stop just being a guy, being, uh, you know, the quiet guy standing over in the corner of the, of the kitchen when I bring over one of my boyfriends and not talking to him, you know, being standoffish with him. They were like yeah. in front of him, you know, saying, Hey, you know, be hospitable, dad. Don't be, don't be a jerk. Don't be, you know, don't try to alienate yourself from the situation. And, uh, they're, they're basically speaking to your point that they want their, their dad to be, you know, more involved. Uh, not involved in like you know the decision making as to who the who they choose, but to be uh, to be more receptive, right? To yeah. to to uh to the uh, significant others that come into his daughter's lives. Totally to trust that they know what they're doing. I think I think a better dad daughter relationship than the traditional one that we've been exposed to, raised by, and is passed on, which is like protect your daughters, protect your daughters, protect. It's empower your daughters, mm-hmm. empower them to make the right decisions for themselves, or to trust that they know what they're doing, and that if they make a bad mistake, they're going to learn from it, just like you've made bad mistakes and you've learned from it. And something that I do in my household with my daughters is I teach them their pleasure is their right. Mm-hmm. It's not negotiable. It's not optional. When you date someone, when you are falling in love with someone, your pleasure should be their top priority because the script is so flipped in our society where in relationships, women are expected to give the pleasure and the the man giving back to the woman is optional. And I'm trying to flip that in my house. Like your pleasure is a priority. It should absolutely be treated that way. And of course your partner gets pleasure, but like you don't go no notches down that totem pole. You go out there, know what you want, let yourself have it. If they're not giving you what you want, have a conversation. If it doesn't change, get out. Like that is so exciting for me as a parent to know that I'm sitting out the world with a level head, tools in their belt, communication skills, the ability to know what they want, let themselves have it. Then needing me or their dad to protect them and vet all the guys or the people they're going to sleep with. It's like, Mm -hmm. you're an adult, you do you, and I'm here if you need anything. Tremendous points, Nicole. And look, uh, and getting, getting back to Sly Stallone and his relation, what fascinates me and what, uh, what I just love about the show is the, uh, the utter adoration. That, that his daughters have for him. Uh, one of his daughters talked about how she really does appreciate his, his opinion and point of view and, and, uh, just the sheer love that they show for him, I think is, uh, is very touching. Uh, some, again, as someone who doesn't even have, I don't even have kids yet. And, uh, I can still kind of relate to that. And it, uh, it, uh, it's, it's really cool to see as a, as a guest. I'll, 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 I'll to have that. Nicole, it's, it's always too short, my my friend. I mean, come on. There's never enough time for you and I to get into it. We're right here. We're on the back end of the show. Nicole Mitchell, always a joy to co-host the show with you here on Fridays. Uh, uh, tell us how we can uh, find you on social media and all things Nicole Mitchell as we roll into Thank the weekend. Thank you, Chris. It is so fun with you. I loved all the things we talk about, and I like talking about all things. I like talking about deep, hard, heavy stuff and yeah. light, happier, po- more positive stuff. So thank you for covering that spectrum with me. Yeah. You guys can follow me on all the socials. Your best best to go to my website, NicoleMitchell.com. Nicole is spelled with a K, N-I-K-O-L-E. Um, I'm the most active on Facebook and Instagram, but come say hi to me on any platform, and I will say hi back. Nicole, have a great weekend. Uh, be back in Vegas sooner than later, okay? Yes. So we can yes, hang out. and. And uh, it, it was absolutely uh, a, a joy to uh, to join you, you today. Chris. Have a great night, okay? Thank you, Chris. Yes, have a great weekend. There it is. Nicole Mitchell joining me, co-hosting here on a Friday. It has been Pushing the Limits. Brian Shapiro back on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.